It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. You're listening to BGN Radio. Back goes Tyrod Taylor. He's being flushed. He is firing downfield, and it's intercepted! Intercepted! And running with the football is Darby! Darby at the 40, at the 30, at the 20! Jumps over a man, and he's brought down at the 16. <laughs> Welcome to Philadelphia, Ronald Darby. It's a New York Jets show this evening, as in, as in the starters are in for the fourth preseason game. Hello, John Barker. Yes, it is. It is indeed. It's uh what do we have here? It's uh, BGN Radio 256, and we're live on the Facebook.com and things of that nature. So uh, thanks again for tuning in. Vince is uh, going to take the helm here. We're very excited about this. And I'm excited to be here because uh, this is the first time I'll be doing it, and we'll get, we're going to get into a lot of stuff. First off, look... I got to talk about the Jets putting in their starting offense, right? Like I'm, I'm blown away by the fact that they put out their starting offense. Then they put McCown back in after an injury. I mean, it's like yeah. it's a take it as a perspective moment. That's what it was for me because I see what happens here when you've got a team that is so astronomically bad that they're hoping to get something out of that fourth game, squeeze a couple extra inches little little drops of something and and we didn't have to worry about that and that thrilled me frankly. Oh yeah, I mean like and it's just like the Jets to, to do that type of thing where and they were out there for a long time mind you getting beat up by second and third stringers. So when Bull Allen is racing through your first uh, offensive line, I would say I'd say maybe it's time to shut everybody down so you make sure that you have your 0 and 16 roster ready to go for the season but didn't seem to bother. I guess because all four quarterbacks will eventually start at some point during the season. <laughs> well, that's the truth for the Jets. And it, it, here's the other thing that's so weird about having the starters for the Jets begin the game is when you get to a game like this, the typical feeling is always going to be, well, they're playing against backups. It's our backups. Like it's They're on more or less on the same playing field. But when you get your second unit to play against starters, it does change the evaluation a little bit. And for the second unit defense, you have to say, not bad. Yeah, you'd have to say that the uh, especially up front, just like we've been saying for a long time, like we think that there's a lot of depth along this defensive line. 
and you saw why some of the some of the things that came true. And uh, by the way, Matt Daring owes us a ton of cheesesteaks uh, because oh, yeah? Stephen does in fact mean business, and they got he got signed to a one year extension. And you saw him crush skulls immediately out there, along with <laughs> Alex McAllister. Who, uh, sorry to spoil the uh, the uh, the teasers here, but I don't think he's going to make the fifty three anytime soon. No. Also having a stupendous game against the the Jets number one, so that's a good thing to see. Plus, Bo Allen, who hasn't played all throughout OTAs training camp, no, nothing. Still got it. Still right in there. Bang, bang, bang. It was good to see that out of the defensive line. Yeah, it, unit. it was. It was a really refreshing thing. And when you look at the way that this team is going and how the strength of the defensive line is, is supposed to be there, you want to see it. Like, sure, we love Jernigan. We love Cox. Barnett is interesting. Graham had a really good year. Like, you can believe in all those guys. You can, you can expect a lot from them. But when you see it from the second unit... That's what you need because how many times have we had this conversation in the past of, well, you got the starters out there, but it's nice to alternate guys to get different looks on the pass rush, keep guys fresh when you want to, say on occasion, Vinnie Curry, you move him in as the defensive tackle. Like That kind of depth really is important to have in a line, and tonight gives you a little bit of that. Oh, absolutely, and they've done some of those funky packages too, which you've seen uh, in uh, you know during training camp and things like that where they would have – you know, Fletcher Cox and, and Timmy Jernigan being a right uh, defensive end and right defensive tackle and then shove a whole bunch of other weird stuff on the left side, too. So I can see that with Vinnie Curry and the rest of the screw here. And the reason why they can do that is because they actually have good guys this time. Yeah, so the defensive line, we got to say that was a check for them. Now, let's get into the, the main course here with the yeah. running back situation. Yeah. Because... As I understand it, you heard you heard crazy person theories before the game from oh, credible yeah, people. Just from everybody. So Adam Kaplan chimed in first. Don't be surprised if the Eagles keep five running backs. Wait, five. Five. Five, five running of backs. Uh, Howard Eskin on the pregame show, which I was on with John Marks and Glenn Mack now. D- I really think the Eagles are going to keep five running backs. And I'm like, dude, where is this? Why doesn't this stop? Then Spuds. And listen, anytime Spud says anything, it gives you one of these. You have to listen. Yeah. And I know it's just like, but hey, he works for the team. Yes, but he gives you a lot of these, a ton of these, a lot of notes. He also says, yeah, five running backs, definitely a possibility for this group. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Then I pushed him a little farther. It's like, wait, Dave, if I'm doing my math here and you're saying all these different things, because he also said something like, ah, yeah, and when you're only going to keep four defensive tackles, I was like, wait a minute. Five running backs, four defensive tackles. I was like, if I'm doing my math here correctly, somebody's adding on here and somebody's subtracting. So he went through a whole list. He said not only that, he goes, be on lookout for Billy Brown. He's probably going to be a lock at tight end. And I go, what the hell, man? Why, why is this all coming up? Look for only nine offensive linemen. Look for only four safeties. And I kept, I was just like, I'm blown away. Four safeties. And you start looking at it. It's like, they just signed. Corey Graham, they gave him some pretty good money. Does that mean Chris Mayer goes on, on the way out? Because you get down to it, you're like, all right, McLeod, Jenkins, and, uh, and <laughs> what are we left with? Corey Graham, Chris Maragos. So does that mean tr- – oh, you know what? I think I did my math wrong. So actually it works out right. So McLeod, Jenkins, Corey Graham, Chris Maragos. I was, I was still assuming that Jalen Watkins was going to be on the roster. Not anymore. Congratulations, James. <laughs> he, finally, he finally leaves the roster. It so, takes five running backs, but four still, tight ends. Let's get to the, yeah, to, to, the, to the main point here, Vince. This is where I, I can't figure this out. Five running backs as a possibility. Now we can make all the different theories you want in the world. Well, they don't want Donnell Pumphrey, who, by the way, is uh, having a uh, some head issues 
and uh, didn't come back and was questionable tonight. So you could finally see that phantom IR tag thrown on him uh, yep. along with Nate Jerry, who's been dealing with a hamstring issue. But five running backs doesn't make sense for this team regardless of that because if you have five running backs, you have no running backs. That's my theory. Well, even if you have five running backs, like outside of just running the ball, it, it seems like such a waste because you have other guys that are capable of returning kicks and punts and all these things. So to say that we need five running backs, unless for some reason Corey Clement is an amazing tackler and Pumphrey can give you something on special teams, which at this point, no, he can't. Can't give you anything. So, yeah, when you're not getting that kind of stuff, like what's the point in five running? To have the discussion, to say the word phrase of five running backs is absolute insanity to me it, it drives me up a wall so I mean for me if like if I had it my way with the running back situation I would go three that's I really what, would that's what I kind of feel in the same way too and just have uh have you know uh, Clement there and as the practice squad if anybody gets hurt then that's where you call up Byron Marshall's also there which by the way if we're trying to force this Donnell Pumphrey narrative thing we've already seen Byron Marshall in Regular season games and in preseason last year. He pretty much gives you everything that you want in Donnell Pumphrey, and he's a tiny bit bigger. I mean, he's a little – I think they're about the same size lengthwise, but uh, uh, it gives you a little more pop, a little more something, a little more speed. I haven't seen anything from OTAs till our fourth preseason game now on why you would even want to protect Donnell Pumphrey. I, I'm sure that people are saying, like, whoa, you, you drafted this guy in the fourth round. Yeah, it was what he used the seventh to go up in there and get a big whoop. Like it, it, it didn't work. Move on. You can't. Like he's not going to get faster. He might get bigger, but he's certainly not going to get faster. Yeah. So I look at Pumphrey, and he's a guy that it's sure the package is nice, and you want to say he could be a Darren Sproles type guy. But the the other thing is, if you want someone to be like Sproles, like. He's such an incredible anomaly compared to your average NFL running back. Even if you're talking about small guys that can play well, you might look at uh, Washington and think of Chris Thompson. Yep. You might look in Dallas and think of a Lance Dunbar. Like, There's plenty of smaller guys that can run capably and catch the ball. Gio Bernard is a guy like that. There's players all around the league. They're not all 5'6". Like, you know, <laughs> exactly. there's plenty of small backs are 5'8 or 5'9. So to get so caught up in the idea of, well, Darnell Pumphrey, he kind of looks like Sproles, so he must be Sproles. Like, yeah. it, it's all so ridiculous. So at this point, I mean, it's pretty clear between me and you the way this is going that you would take Clement, if you had to do four, you would take Clement over Pumphrey, Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, if and, and, just, and just chop it off there. Like, I, I still think Corey Clement is just a guy. Uh, and I think there's a ton of them that are out there. But this is this is the thing that I think we've been saying for a long time. If you switch them and said actually they took Corey Clement in you know in round four or round five, and you know Pumphrey's the UDFA, then you wouldn't know. But because there's that value placed on there, and I don't know what Douglas and Howie are thinking all at the same time here. I really don't. But um, I mean, when it comes down to that, you got to think of what's going to help your football team right now, even if they're going to be there. And at least they give you something. I don't know what Donnell Pumphrey gives. And by the way, I think it's so funny, too, when you mentioned Sproles. Like, everybody is the next Darren Sproles. And it's not even in Philadelphia. It's wherever. Like, Ryan Matthews was supposed to be the next Darren Sproles. It just like the, the better version of him. A number one running back in that, oh, he can really do it all. The, people have been trying to replace that guy since he's been in the league. And how many other Darren Sproles has there been? Yeah, zero, none, none. That's the doesn't thing. doesn't exist. Like he is a special type of player. And look, it still took him a while to get things going. It took him two years into his career to be that Swiss Army knife, but he got there. Uh, and he's got the build.
called for it, too. I mean, like, let's not forget that he also has tree trunks for legs and can boil people over like they're nothing. Uh, a lot of these guys can't do that, and Pumphrey's one of them. I mean, like, even the speed. I, I just I could go on and on about this. I'm just well, very yeah, frustrated. Yeah, and it's the thing. If, if they do this and there's five running backs, I I am currently right now, as, as some of you may or may not know, freaking out. I'm freaking out before anything's actually happening. But man, oh, man, I will be red hot and mad. The shirt will come off, and I'll be going, oh, my God, they kept five running backs. That, that'll be my attitude on Saturday yeah. if that happens at 4 Yeah, o'clock. the fact that we're having this conversation of five running backs, and, and that's not just us spitballing and being weird here. This is actual legitimate sources throwing it out there. It shows how batty this whole thing's become. And if you're just joining on Facebook Live, by the way, I'm Vince Quinn. Hello. Nice to be here with you. John Barchard to my left here. And with the running back situation, you mentioned a really interesting point. It's the idea of Pumphrey being the fourth-round pick, Corey Clement being the undrafted guy. But ultimately, if your undrafted guy becomes as productive as you would expect from a fourth-round pick and you go for running backs and he's the guy that makes it, I don't see the difference. I mean, sure, it's disappointing that Pumphrey's a guy who you drafted him in that fourth spot, but if you got lucky with the undrafted guy, like don't have shame in the fourth-round pick failing because you have a successful NFL-caliber undrafted guy, and I think that's completely discounted here. Like, in the same thing, like right now, if we thought that... Mac Collins was uh, the undrafted guy, and we thought that Bryce Treggs was the drafted guy. Let's just put it that way for yeah. an instance. Would we have a second thought about saying, oh, Mac Collins can't be on this football team? No, not for one no. not for one second. Like, no, Mac Collins will be good. Bryce Treggs can at least do a thing, uh, and, you know, and that, and that's pretty much it from there. Or even a guy like Marcus Johnson. Like, if it was down to those two, you're probably still keeping Mac Collins even and they're both undrafted, right? In that in that scenario, if you kind of put them together like that, but um, yeah, I it's 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 crazy to me that um, this is, and I don't know if this is to protect either one of those guys. I still think that's a bad idea because yeah. it, how are you going to use them if there's five of them? There's one of them that's gonna. That's why I'm saying it's just like what a waste of a roster spot. Like there's you can put uh, give me give me ten old line guys and it just in case like something tragic or crazy happens during a game or just I don't know keep an extra wide receiver at that point. Yeah, because for the people who are in favor of four as well, let me let me say this to you because think of your average running back, your average formation. Right, you're going to have one running back, one. If you're lucky, you might have Sproles on for a second play. They talked about the really adorable now at this point, the pony formation with (laughs) with Sproles and Pumphrey. Like, okay, I get it. It's cute. But really, you're generally having one running back on the field. So you don't need all that many. Wide receiver, you've got four on the field. You've got five on the field. And you need special teamers, and you got to have injury replacements and all that stuff. So, hey, six wide receivers, I get it. You need six wide receivers on an NFL team. Yeah. You do not, by any stretch of the imagination, need four running backs. <laughs> it's an absolute luxury. And yes, I like Clement, but man, to say that we need to have him on this roster, I, I just don't think that's the case. And so, as we begin to pare down the roster here... I would only go with three running backs. It looks like we'll probably see four, and they'll try to trade one, right? That has to be the feel here. Uh, I don't think so. I don't no. think, I don't you think, think they would just no, flat I, out I, five. Uh, five. Oh, well, I mean, one, no, no, two, I, three. I, yes. yeah, I'm saying if they're going with four, I don't see them trading anybody. If it's five, yeah, I don't I don't exactly know what they would do. Maybe that's in the case where they're like, okay, we're going to hold on to, and this is what's going to piss everybody off if this happens. <laughs> they're going to hold on to all five on Saturday, and by Monday – 
Corey Clement will be on a different roster for a small draft pick or something something back and forth, or maybe it's like, you know, and this is the other thing, too. Jeff Mosier said this. I think it went uh, vastly, uh, what's the word I'm looking Unnoticed. for? Unnoticed is the word I'm looking for, where he said, like, the, there could be a shakeup at the tight end position, and he basically phrased it like it's not on the roster yet. So that I thought that was interesting, and I thought that there could be some form of, like, Okay, running back plus Brent Selleck to said team for something else in return, and they're fine with Ertz, Trey Burton, Billy Brown, and this other guy that comes in. So I, I don't think anybody's done tinkering yet, especially the Eagles, but because of the way that the cut-down things are happening now where it's all just happening on one day, there's going to be a lot of trades, and I feel sorry for, well, mostly for the players that want to have jobs, but then secondly, for BLG, who's got to be, oh my God, there's transactions <laughs> everywhere, and I can't stop typing. Uh, but yeah, I would, I'm would. i okay with four running backs. I, I'm freaking out at five. Five is five is absolutely insane. Yeah. I mean, really, it, unless you, it has to be a trade scenario, otherwise it just doesn't make any sense. Now, right. Uh, let's go to the tight end position because it is interesting here. The idea of four tight ends. There's a lot of love for Billy Brown. It's not a newfangled thing. This has been going on for weeks with Billy Brown. Oh, he's an outside shot. They really like him. Maybe he's going to be something. And he's looked okay. I've enjoyed watching Billy Brown. I'm a fan of tight ends in general. Yeah, uh, especially ones that can wink. catch. Anyway, so... so Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm here all night, folks. So... Uh, when you're looking at this position, though, I think it is so peculiar because the conversation surrounding tight end is all about, well, is is Brown going to be this fourth guy to be on the roster or not? The thing is, if you keep Ertz, Selleck, and Burton, you have four tight ends on the roster yeah. because you have Dylan Gordon. And I think the Dylan Gordon factor is not talked about enough. Here. Dylan Gordon playing tight end, you mean? Well, he is effectively a blocking tight end, and he's he was a tight end in college. Not that well, I they're think not they're not going to put him out there on on like you know. I would love to see. Well, I mean, I really sincerely mean this in a goal line situation. All right, and that's it. Yeah, okay. Now I'm now I'm with you. Right. I mean, he's he's a guy that his versatility is so incredibly valuable because he's playing fullback, he's playing left tackle in a backup spot, and he is a blocking tight end. That's why Matt Tobin got traded. So yeah. when you've got a blocking tight end. And you've got a guy that can catch an Ertz. You've got a guy that can catch in Burton. Like, you have enough flexibility here. Maybe it does become the case that Selleck is the guy that gets traded because he is effectively now the blocker. He gets maybe one or two catches a game or one or two targets, and that's it. So with him being mitigated in that fact, maybe they just say, okay, now he's only a blocker. Right. We're going to go with Billy Brown as our third receiving tight end. So we're just going to load up on receivers, and when we really need blockers, we're going to hope that Burton gives us something. We'll hope that Brown gives us a little bit, but we can really know that Gordon's going to give us something, and that's how they're going to play this tight end situation. Because if well, you go, I mean, like, don't put too much stock into like I am. Dylan Gordon ever I am. playing tight end. No, I'm putting a lot of no, it no, as, no, as a no, blocker. Trust as me. a blocker. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Yes, okay, because oh, like a, like in in those certain situations in the Matt Tobin sense last sure. year. Because if you go back, I forget. I think it was Paul almost Domowich. like a double tackle type of feel. Like exactly, exactly. So because uh, Paul Domowich did an article, and I I don't know, Google it. It was all about uh, it was all about <laughs> snap counts, and he compared Doug Peterson's snap counts to and based on formation. So three tight ends, one wide receiver, one running back, and you know all the variations. He did all of them. And it was Peterson versus Chip versus Andy Reid. And one of the interesting things is there was something like 120 plays of three tight ends on the field. Oh, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So you did gonna, that a lot in Kansas City too. Yeah. So yeah, yeah you're going to see a lot of multiple tight end sets. Tobin did that especially early in the year last year, and I wonder if in the off season Peterson reviewed it and said, you know what, we could use a guy like that. So uh, that's one of the factors to me when you deal with this tight yeah. end tight end situation, and that's why. I guess if I had to pick a guy to go, it would be Selleck, and then you would have Brown as as another receiver. Yeah, because right. because at least at that point, then you know that's. I mean, honestly, Billy Brown has looked phenomenal catching footballs the entire time he's been there. Like it's you know he's a converted converted wide receiver, so you would think that was that's something that happened. And it, it the blocking's still not there for me as far as him to be like, all right, he's a solidified tight end, <laughs> as most tight ends are, unfortunately. Right, right, which is which is a weird thing. But that's how the game's changing too. It's just like, all right, now you're not really relying on these guys to. I mean, look at most of the t- if you get disrespected as a pass rusher for tight end goes up against you anyway so people are just like you know what fuck it like just we'll let him we'll chip him and then the running back can chip him and hopefully he'll be open you know that that's yeah. kind of mentality for most most of the time you don't find guys like oj howard who can catch can block and do all those different things uh, now also with this when we're talking about brent Selleck. You know, Trey Burton's only got a year on his, and, it, I and, was it, and it's that. not even a, a guarantee that he's exactly here either. So, uh, when Mosher says something like that, and I and trust me, you want to listen to Jeff when it comes to these things too. It could be either one of those guys that they kind of shift and move because the more and more you think about, like, how the fuck does Billy Brown make this football team? You know, and again, it would be the same thing. Like, why do you need four tight ends? It's so even egregious. if you're running three tight end sets, you have three tight ends that can be on the field that have shown you that they can be on the field. So. I think there there is definitely a shakeup between that, and it could be a guy like Trey Burton as well. He's he's got not even guaranteed money, um, although I I think he's much more valuable on this team this year uh, than he would be because again he's part of the one fourth sleeve that's replacing Jordan Matthews between him and Aguilar and whoever else and Mac Hollins whoever you're going to throw in the slot through there. But yeah, I I do think it is it is interesting with that when you're going to have. Those double tackles on the left side, reading three uh, three tight end sets, you can do a, a, a bunch of different bubble screens, and who knows what else is is going through there. I wonder if it's like a surprise, decent tight end, young tight end that's coming back. When I read that too, where I'm just like, mm. huh? Because why would you? I mean, like you're not just swapping tight ends. Well, no. So one of the things that I I guess here because you're talking about getting Burton to effectively be replaced by Billy Brown. So it could yeah, be that and whoever's coming up after that to, in the next draft or whatever. Yeah, 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 so it could be that theoretically you get Brown and he just replaces Burton outright this year, or if it's the Selleck theory we talked about a couple of minutes ago, where you would trade him elsewhere or just cut him. I, I don't know what the cap hit is offhand, but if you were to make they that kind money. of move, yeah, <laughs> That's probably, what I know. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So if if you had a tight end lineup, let's just say for fun, it's Ertz, it's Burton, and it's Brown. Well, then the nice thing is you also get this year to work. You know, Burton gets a chance to earn that contract to be a guy that sticks around. And if he doesn't, you've got Brown right behind him. He's going to be your cheap labor for another couple of years. You can let Burton go after this year yep. and not worry about it. So, uh, And it puts th- Billy Brown on the field in those, like, I just need you to go catch a ball, which he would go and do at that point because he split out wide. My only concern in it, it really is because they, as much as we, depending on what would I don't know. Yeah, honestly, I don't know what they're going to do, but I, I don't, I don't believe the Eagles are ever going to be done until like, okay, you can no longer make roster moves, or nobody wants to budget move. I, I think giving away Selleck though for this year, if you're trying to make the playoffs and you're still kind of, your hands are still kind of up in the air with your blocking situation and the offensive line, and you need Selleck in there for max protect. Sometimes I don't know if there's a guy that can come in there and do that the as as good as him right now, and I don't think that's on this team. 
unless they, again, come out with something different where they go Dylan Gordon, Max Protector, or something, yeah, no, something th- weird like on the left side. I don't know. That's for sure why he's been making this money for a guy that's, you know, 30, what, 34, 35. He's the longest tenured. I don't think he's just the longest tenured eagle at this point now that Dornboss is gone. I think he's the most tenured athlete in the city. Yeah, I think that might be true, too. Something like two, Sign well, of the times. 2006 or 2007 yeah. he was drafted. So Selleck's been here for a long time now, and he, he's ultimately, at this stage of his career, he's made his bones as a blocker. So... Uh, it will be interesting to see how all that plays out. Now, I got to say, I noticed something. It's been a continuous trend uh, throughout the preseason, and it really emphasized again for me in the beginning of the game tonight is I noticed with Doug Peterson, he loves running the action where you get a wide receiver. So, you know, you have your offensive line, and then your wide receiver will go across the formation and behind the offensive line, and it's either a fake handoff mm-hmm. or it's a dump pass to those guys. We saw it a little bit last year. We're seeing it a lot right now. And I got to wonder how much that factors into the wide receiver situation, the ability of these guys. Like yep. you're seeing Bryce Treggs, and he's returned some punts. So when you're seeing him out there a little bit, you think, okay, maybe they're working on this open field mentality, and, and that's part of the wide receiver decision-making here, do you think? I, I, I think a little bit also looks a lot like college. Just want to throw that in there. College football. It's okay to run college plays in the NFL <laughs> uh, if we haven't forgotten that already. I thought of that. And I, I not exactly. That's a great point that you brought that up because you can do whatever. Jet sweeps from that. All, all the stuff you're saying. Quick bubble screens. And, and then I was just going, you know what? Why is, why is Marcus Johnson still playing? In the fourth quarter. That's a good in the point. the late third and fourth quarter. And you start to go, well, everybody's already penciled him in. It's like, well, what if it's not him? What if it's Bryce Triggs as wide receiver number five? Well, and- You know, if it's six, then we obviously know it. that's easy. Then both of them stay. But maybe Bryce Treggs does take that five spot over Marcus Johnson. Well, if it is, and if it is five wide receivers, because think about this too, it could be that it's five that make the roster, and it is four tight ends. Like we yeah. we've taken this assumption that it's going to be six wide receivers, but if you've got four tight ends and they're primarily receiving options, then all that you're getting Billy is a Burton guy that split out wide. Well, exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah, Burton, you can move him around a yeah. little bit. He he was successful at times last year doing that. So. Maybe that's the rationale behind four tight ends. Like right, I, so I don't know. This whole thing is so confusing. Gun to your head right now, so we can put it in the post for later. All right, not the first time. It Bryce Treggs or is it Marcus Johnson? I, I think I've changed my mind. This is the only thing, by the way, that has changed my mind throughout the night from the entire performance. Which, by the way, didn't need to see any of that shit. Eliminate the fourth preseason game or make it free for the fans, especially if it's against the Jets. Good lord, that's the only thing that changed my mind during the night because of the playing time. I'm going to say Bryce Treggs beats out Marcus Johnson, and that's the sh- the shock of 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 this uh, the, how this spoils out on Saturday. Man, at 4 o'clock. If, if that's the shock, I am completely not surprised. I like Treggs. I thought like last year we all clamored for him, and it was bad, right? We, he didn't he didn't do anything. <laughs> he could, he's the only guy that can actually run and take the top off the defense for like five seconds. Yeah, that, that was wasn't it. no, that it wasn't great. So yeah. it, he he was really struggling last year. He looks like a pro. He looks like a pro. He looks like a Had a very, great camp, too. Yeah, competent, body control, aggressive towards the ball. Uh, all those things that you're looking for in a wide receiver, he showed that to me. And he clearly, like, uh, I like Marcus Johnson, but, man, I thought Treggs was really impressive. I hope he makes the roster. He certainly deserves it. And uh, 
I guess we'll know shortly. Now, oh, and just a small point to that: mm-hmm. uh, Marcus Johnson has gotten balls thrown to him by Matt McGloin the entire year. Well, yeah, uh, in in all these preseason games. So there is a caveat in that, and I wouldn't take that away. That's not what I was really evaluating in my head. It's just the fact that he was out there longer, uh, you know. And I know somebody's got to take the snaps, but you know they still had you know Shard Davis, and they didn't. They, they they waited a long time for him to get those in there, so just just thought that was an interesting thing that happened tonight. Yeah, no, it it was. Now we probably will never see Matt McGloin throw a pass again, and Thank so God. and so with that being considered, let's talk about the quarterbacks. Because also, I think we got to sit down and talk to him next week, which should be very interesting. Hi, wait, Matt. Wait, <laughs> we have Matt McGloin on the show. I think I think we 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 might be doing a thing, and Matt McGloin might be at that thing. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So okay, yeah. Well, maybe hi, Paul, Matt. Maybe Paul will come too, and it'll be interesting. Love yeah. you, Matt. Jersey's in the mail, Matt. <laughs> Great. So go Penn State. Um, Never, by the way. Not not from this mouth. Yeah, yeah. I went I went to Fordham. I don't care. Uh, our, our football sucked. But all right, let's let's talk about the quarterback spot because okay. as we're talking roster cuts and all these things, and we're talking five gasp, five running backs, four <laughs> tight ends, like all these ridiculous scenarios that are being thrown out there. Um, you got to go to quarterbacks, right? Oh, it's one hundred percent too. There's there's everybody said it thus far. It's going to be Nick Foles and it's going to be Carson Wentz. As it should That's be. It. Like I don't see any reason to keep Matt McGloin on the roster. And here's why. Because if you're going to have Matt McGloin on the team for, oh, we're not so sure about Foles, he's not 100%. One, for a week, it's not worth the roster spot. The other thing is, if you're going to cut him outright, which you should, no one's taking him. I can't see at this point that someone's going to say we need Matt McGloin except for the Jets. And dear God, he looked bad against the Jets, so I don't <laughs> know how they take him. And so, McGloin, I feel like you can cut him, and if it got to the point where Foles didn't quite recover, say say Carson gets hurt week one, and yeah. you have to put Foles in, and he's not 100%, and maybe he aggravates it a little bit so he can go, but he'd be like 60%, you don't want that, you could definitely get McGloin off the scrap heap again and say, you, come on Yeah, even come if on you want to go, I mean, like, Jesus, I'll take Sean Hill, off the, the 37-year-old off the fucking heap right now, and put him on there, because at least he's done it before. That's all you really need in that situation if it's like, and you're screwed anyway. And you know that's Kaepernick. what I'm saying. And, well, Kaepernick. Kaepernick's still out there. So yeah. So if it really gets into that, you'd be like, all right, Colin, come on, let's go. Yeah. You know? There's there's just no possible explanation to me that I will buy or accept, whether it's just from you know speculation right now or Howie Roseman. Like if Howie right. Roseman sits on the podium, he's like, we had to keep three quarterbacks. I'll be like, you're full of shit. Yeah. There's just, there's just no there's I'll, no possible would, reason. Yeah, I would rather keep five running backs over three quarterbacks. How's that? Yes, yeah, I yeah. would, and I hate the idea of five running yeah. backs. Like that that hurts me to the core. All right, so two quarterbacks, absolutely. Uh, special teams is pretty sorted out because. You know, Donnie Jones is going to be on the roster. Yeah, looks that way. Caleb Sturgis is going to be on the roster. Yep. And although look, shouts to to Cam John, Johnston, who had a fantastic camp and everything. I mean, he's he's really got a leg. It's, it sucks for punters that are really good and and uh, you know, <laughs> there's only there's only so many jobs. But he w- he could have easily taken Donnie's uh, spot. And who knows? I mean, that could be. Uh, I, I doubt it, but that could be uh, a late uh, like. Hey, by the way, Donnie, we're not going to pay you. Sorry. And move on to the young kid too. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna readapt your entire special teams, but I don't think you can replace your holder and uh, or your snapper and your holder at the same time. Yeah, so. that is a lot to move. And, yeah. and the other thing is, when you're a position like that, yeah, teams try you out all the time just to get a look at you, just to give their kicker some sort of idea of like, all right, you don't a hundred percent have the job all the time. 
but they always keep in touch. And sometimes a guy that works out with a team two years later, he gets hired. Like I feel like Lovato worked out with the Eagles maybe yeah. two years ago, mm-hmm. and then he got another shot last year, so they brought him back, and now here he is, and he's the reason Doran Boss is out of town. So it's all pretty locked in there. And I like you've been at practices, so long snapping. I mean, I don't know how much you're staring at long Not snapping. Not at all. First of all, but, let me just say. Nobody was looking at that, being like, yeah. "Oh, there's a competition brewing here." Like, no, nobody thought that at all until like afterwards, and then you found out from uh, uh, I think even Brandon said it on the the preview pod, where it's just like, "Yeah, I mean, they were going to cut Durenboss, and every metric that that the Lovato had was way better than than Durenboss had, and that's just how it happened." But well, wait, you, wait, what are those metrics? Oh, the velocity of the so snap. They, they and are like, measuring oh, all yeah, that. I, I was hoping so. I'm yeah, glad yeah, to hear yeah. that. So, yeah, they pay attention to everything, as they should, and we weren't because that's not what they're, where the fun stuff is. The fun <laughs> stuff is the 11-on-11s and the 7-on-7s. Ooh, ah, ooh, ah. Uh, and meanwhile, those guys are just, the pump, and, and that's all they're doing over there. So it's like, hey, that's cool. Yeah, that, uh, and, and we know, don't have radar guns or anything, So, but maybe no. for next time in 11 years when Lovato get, brings up against this young Aussie, whoever, that comes into camp, then we'll have our radar guns ready for next time. But yeah, get it ready. Well, they could have it on the phones by then. But, uh, <laughs> all right, so special teams, that's all figured out. Talking about the cornerback position, right? Because what you've got now is you've got Dexter McDougal, who was traded from the Jets, got his first crack tonight with the Eagles. And for me, I only small, I only saw... A few bits of it. I had to. I was. I was producing the Phillies game. Yeah, so, he was. You know, I he didn't I, miss much. By the uh, way, yeah, like, I was there working on a the lot job. That changed here, but I did see that he had one play where he came back on the ball, uh, ran up on the receiver. He was like seven or eight yards away, and he was able to pretty quickly close on the ball. He swatted it away. It was almost a pick six, and they showed some highlights of his around that. He looks to be at least competent. And so when you're looking at the roster, you've got Mills, who's a lock. Darby is a lock. Douglas is a lock. You know that Robinson is a lock as well because Brooks is gone. So yeah, then, and he didn't play it all tonight, so he d- double lock. So yeah, there you yeah. go. So and and for a guy that was left for dead, oh, like what two weeks ago, a week yeah. and a half ago, yeah. he was done. It, it's it was amazing. It, yeah, if they were going to stick him outside, yeah, forget it. But now, and that's what I'm saying. And to all the people that uh, you know go to PFF and love it, ha ha ha, Patrick Robinson. That's where he's slated to be, you know, like that's where he's done his best work. And granted, it's been in a, a small sample size, but you even saw it there, too, especially. And, you know, we, we've said it a lot, but like Ron Darby brings those guys up to a whole different type of level. And I think if you have McDougal backing him up or they're you know, they're going back and forth or they're in certain dime packages together, I think that could be really interesting. Uh yeah, I mean uh, McDougal also. Yeah, man, whiffed on a really bad tackle on a, a really yard, a really big gain. Uh, I forgot who the running back was because it's the Jets and who cares. But uh, there's Jack Fritz in the uh, by the way, just uh, creeping in, looking good. He's got the uh, the Counterpoint podcast that you'll be able to listen to tomorrow, along with James Seltzer dropping his fantasy knowledge on Friday. Uh, but yeah, it's been a uh, it, it's been a weird. Um, uh, a weird shuffle of can you imagine like at the beginning of the year we're all like all right Rasul Douglas is without a doubt going to start for this team and now it's like yeah he probably won't see the field for a long time because Jalen Mills has played great which good yeah I'm, that's it's I'm a thrilled. good thing the it's best a good thing. yeah the best thing that could happen is that Douglas is not a starter I thought that was that was something that really bothered me going into this year was so many people said oh well Douglas will be out there and he'll figure it out no that's right no I said yeah, if, I, if, I said no. if, if Patrick Robinson is going to start and you have Rasul Douglas on the bench that's an issue for me I I don't care how how 
veteran Patrick Robinson is you put him out there, you let him take his lumps and get used to it. Well, but I now agree it's with a, that. now it's a different situation now that you have Ronald Darby and you have Jalen Mills because then then you're really forcing the issue on a third round pick to go in there and start when you don't really need. It's not necessary now. And, yes. and and now you can get in there and he can take certain snaps and, and kind of flow with it. And listen, he, he needs it. He doesn't have that closed line speed that a lot of these other guys do. I think when the pads are on and it's ready to rock and roll, he's going to be a little bit of a different player. I'm still really high on him. Uh, but, yeah, at least this kind of eases it in there. And I think McDougal absolutely makes this because you're down to one slot corner at that point unless they want to go with Aaron Grimes. And it's and it's that kind of fight back and forth, but who he he badly missed a tackle too on the on the same one. It was the same. Just, it was the same time. Not even close. Aaron Grimes doesn't have the closing speed that McDougal does, so there there's the differences that you can get in between there. I think it get, allows Jim Schwartz if you hold on to those three guys, um, uh, that it will get, allow them to be a little more creative too to send certain different things in there as well. So I think all three of those slot corners in Robinson, Grimes, and uh, Mc, uh, McDougal all make this squad. Wow. So okay. So you've got Robinson, Grimes, McDougal, Mills, Darby, Douglas. Yeah. All right. No C.J. Smith. No. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Not. Okay. Terrible. <laughs> C.J. Yeah. Smith is. Yeah, I mean, like, has been has made one good play in the preseason, and I don't remember really anything much from from camp other than like one good day of red zone drills. That was pretty much it. Yeah, the only reason I, breaking down the roster, I, I put McDougal on as well. I think he's got to be at this point. You might as well experiment with him and see what you got, and you can figure it out after that. But like Aaron Grimes has been around for a little bit. He's a little bit older. and if you 27. Have, yeah, yeah. If, if you have Smith, who's, who's a younger guy, he got a little bit of playing time last year. I'd rather roll with that experiment, especially now that he's your sixth cornerback. So we'll, we'll see where that falls, but it, I, I'm totally with you that McDougal's on the roster. I think it's just with the athleticism and everything, you, you got to go for it, even though it was it was so weird because when the trade first happened, I did have to sit and pause and wonder because it was like, wow, the Jets, as bad as they are, just traded us young talent at a position of that we need, yeah. he must suck. Like that was <laughs> yeah, exactly. that was really how I felt. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I I felt a little bit better after seeing glimpses of him today. But all right, odds are six corners on the roster. Yeah, uh, for sure. Because you can have in in a pinch, you can have Robinson play outside again, which you're going to be in real trouble at that point too. But that way, it gives you a little bit of uh, a, a fluctuation there, the ability to keep six. Okay, so linebackers. Because I have a I have a list in front of me, like if and you can see it right here. So yeah, there <laughs> yeah, you go. Look, hmm. look at that beautiful spreadsheet. Uh, it looks great in sixteen yeah. font from thirty can't, miles can't away. Can't see that on SoundCloud or anything, but no, uh, you, you can can't. you can definitely hear about it. Yeah. But it's there. Um, so I'm looking at my list, and I'm running down the linebacker position. Yeah, this is a tough one. It is. So starters, obviously, you got Hicks, you got Bradham, Kendricks. Thank God they didn't play in a fourth preseason game for the second year in a row. So, good. Good. No, no work from him tonight. Yeah. Doesn't so, rule out a trade necessarily. Does not. But, they could uh, be help, keeping him healthy for a trade. Yeah. But, um, and, and I'll say why I think he's going to stay with the roster in just a second. But uh, you have those three guys. Najee Good has gotten a lot of time as the backup linebacker getting in there first. So, I would figure he's going to be on the team. Yeah. No, I don't know. I, 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 he's I don't been getting a lot of run. The the, I, the entire back of the running backs. I have no idea. Nate Jerry didn't play and and has had a hamstring injury throughout practice. I, a lot of people said he's the phantom IR. Okay, 
So how many phantom IRs are we going to have on this football team? You know, is, is McAllister also going to be in the third term of his as well? Is he going to get that maroon uh, red shirt, <laughs> shirt, excuse me, instead of the red the red shirt uh, first year there? I, I think I think Jerry doesn't make this squad. I just think there's too much to make up for lost time. I think Najee Good probably does. Probably. Joe Walker played really well tonight, I will say that. But again, it's that. All, here's the problem with all these guys. Don Cherry, Najee Good, Joe Walker, all great downhill, fantastic downhill. And I'd say Don Cherry's probably the best cover guy out of them. Yeah. Uh, Even when he got beat tonight by Austin Safarian yeah, Jenkins, yes. who is a good tight end, by the way. Still good coverage. Yeah, that he was right there with him. I mean, you couldn't fault Cherry a little bit. The problem with all these three guys is middle of the field or right hash, left hash to the sidelines. Just does. I mean, there's no lateral speed there by any of these guys. I think Joe Walker's lost the step in, in that, but he's still ferocious downhill attacking, doing all that different stuff. Uh, if you put a gun to my head, I'd probably say it's going to be Walker, Najee Good, and uh, Grugier Hill. I think that's. I think those are the three guys that end up making it, and that's your six for the linebacking core. Yeah, I I can certainly see that. I have Grugier Hill on the team. Uh, I have Walker on there. I have Good. I, I took seven linebackers. I put Jerry on there. I don't know if he'll actually do it or not, but. You got to get fifty three, and dear God, I was not putting four running back well, or five <laughs> running backs. So, uh, let's talk about the IR thing for a minute because I do think like this is something that I don't know all the rules for. Now, generally, when it comes to IR, I get it. The player's injured; you can stash him for the year. Um, it's a it's a kind of shadow practice that the NFL does. Everyone knows the teams do it; they don't touch it. And since no one's really messed with the system in any way to get the other teams upset, it, it's been what it is. But you got to wonder: Is two uh, two phantom IRs? Is that like something that breaks the rules and sets? It I mean, off not really. And, as long as is it? As long as they're not a, part, not a part of the fifty-three, then then whatever. And what yeah, also, but it's an unspoken rule. That's of course, of that's course a, it is. that's my hesitation. So it, think about it before: like there was the uncapped year, and the skins went and used all their money anyway, and they got fined. Like. If you were to abuse it and say, well, now we're going to do two guys on the Phantom IR, and you start... <laughs> or three, or and, four, or yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. As, where, how far can you push that? Is it understood like you only get one? And and that's something that I'm curious about, and I guess we'll we'll see what happens, because Pumphrey was evaluated for a concussion, which everyone was like, oh, that's oh, it. there it He's is. Done. <laughs> He's done. And like, I, I did it a bit myself. Yeah, a, a little point, bit. Yeah. There was that point earlier in the game with Pumphrey where he went to the sideline, he was hobbling a little bit, and I was yep. like, ow! Like, that was my first it's reaction. Time. There Seriously. it is. He's yeah. hobbling. There it is. They planned it. That's the play. So uh, you had this expectation that, that he's going to do it, and there could be that Jerry does it. So it's weird to know what the what's okay when talking about how many players you can put. And, the, and I wonder if they actually even follow up. Like, if you're the NFL League office and you get players put on IR, do you always just take it for granted that those teams have good reason to put them on IR? I think, or, that, I think the player would have to make a motion to the NFLPA saying, I'm not actually injured. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be on this team. Get me the fuck out of here. Yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> and that's why it doesn't really happen as much. Because be like, 
no, I'm good here. I want to stay here. I want to develop in the system, and I'll still get paid. Yeah, I want to get paid for not playing. And, right. And it's yeah, because I, I don't think the NFL saying like we need to see a cat scan, otherwise <laughs> you're not on the IR. Like yeah, yeah. So it, it's they don't whole, do that. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole very weird, confusing. But you've thing. said that before in the past. You've actually written an article about it, like the wink, 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 nudge, nudge. Just expand the fucking practice squad or yes. something like where it's just just have the red roster. shirts. Allow guys to have jobs. It's formal, not that hard to do. Formal red shirts. Just do it. Yeah, yeah. Like teams don't want to put certain guys out like that you might as well have them practice in the open why be so ashamed of it you're not you know and, and having to lie about it when everyone knows you're I'd be lying. okay if it said you can't practice with the full team like during during that time but you can still use the facility you can still be around coaches you can still do all that exactly. stuff you can look at practice you can do all that but yeah I, it's it's a really weird thing that that happens there and I don't know what the limits would be I really don't but um, I, I gotta tell you there are no limits when it comes to our sponsor and that's clip it because ladies and gentlemen i i got bored with the game at some point and i'm flipping between you know all all of the different college football games that are happening simultaneously with the eagles and if you don't know what clip it is it is the hottest app that is out there it is live tv in the palm of your hand whether you have an iphone whether you have an android it is a live television you can scroll through it has every single channel that you can think of from a and e to espn to the pac-12 network to the big 10 it's got Everything. Vine's dead, so you need to find something out there to make some clips, share it with your friends, and if you're a blogger, it's perfect because it does nothing but enhance your blogging post. It's It can go back from you know whatever you're watching live all the way back to two hours. So if you saw something, you're like, oh yeah, crap, I forgot to clip that. You can go back and find it, and that's what's genius about it. At Clip It TV, Clip TV if you need more information. And by the way, it's a great sneaky way if you don't have if you don't have a large cable subscription to uh, a lot of those channels, so if you're if you're waiting for that Pac-12 game that comes on late at night, or maybe don't have the Big Ten Network, sneaky way to look at it thirty seconds at a time. I'm just saying, if you're desperate or on the road, yeah, you know? or you know, you just order Playboy Channel for an hour and you gotta, <laughs> yeah, and there you go, save just for like the bank, that. just like that. Yeah, why not? No, all right. So, so I want to talk about a weird story. And by the way, I'm Vince Quinn. Uh, in the hosting chair this evening with John Barchard, and happy to be here with oh, you. and real quickly, speaking of the IR thing, this is what I thought was also fascinating. Yeah. Uh, Elliot Shore Parks, about four hours before game time, had written an article about Sidney Jones, and then there were some others that had mentioned it as well, that they're fully not going to commit to a, a complete IR for the season. Wow. But maybe on the pup list to start for the first six weeks of the season. So I, I was, I thought that was very odd and strange. Like to, I, I don't, I still don't think that he's going to play this year, and I think it would be really dumb if they did. Uh, but wow, if they don't, and they're saying like, well, maybe there's a chance that he can come back at some point during the year and and do that. That could uh, that could change everybody's uh, frowns possibly very fast upside down. But I don't know. I, I still think that's pretty risky to do. Well, here is the thing: when you think about it, he probably has more of a season to play than most. Yep. The Eagles are going to the playoffs, John. Oof. I'm telling. Look, they, they're going for with it. five running backs. Yes, five <laughs> running backs, <laughs> six wide receivers, eight tight ends, and a partridge in a pear tree. That's right. So, no, because I I look at the team and their mentality is like teams say it all the time. And when you're on the fringe, 
it is excusable to say that you're looking for the playoffs and you want to be aggressive and all that stuff. Yeah. But when you look at everything the Eagles have done this year, and you look at all of these one-year contracts, and you look at the Joe Hayden pursuit, yeah, just to be in the well, they weren't actually in pursuit. They they were led. All right, so you, uh, yeah, so you they, have good sources that well, that was Jason not. Jason Lockenfor also said no, they weren't really. They're they're happy with their young cornerbacks. Is what was said. Well, that's yeah. okay. Well, that's good. But I, but you look at the general thing that's going on. But and even you, with Darby, yeah, yeah, and stuff you, like that. Yeah, right. you, you see all these moves that they're doing for this year to shore things up. Now they're not because they could have easily said like Darby is a great point because they could have easily said you know we've got young guys we're going to throw Douglas out there it's not about this year if we get to the playoffs great like we're we're just going to play this out and have fun. No, they're keeping Kendricks. I don't think they move him unless they get a sizable yeah, trade off. Yeah, especially if Jerry's out. They can't. Yeah, but yeah you, you need the depth. you you got to wonder about the depth with Bradham having a looming suspension, with Hicks getting hurt all the time. Keep Kendricks, play him. You know? So I look at this mentality here, and there's a real possibility then that it's not as crazy to get a guy like Sidney Jones and say it's week 14, and that's when he's finally 100%. Like, you've babied yeah. him, you've played it safe, and he's available. If you think that you can get to the playoffs, you do your yourself a complete disservice at that point of the year because that's, you know, at that point you you know what your record is and how close you are. You do yourself a disservice and you do the kid a disservice if he is 100% healthy and you don't get him any experience on what could be a playoff team. Yeah, but in the same time, like there's a lot of different scenarios that have to play out there. Is Jalen Mills struggling? And if Jalen Mills is struggling, as Rizul Douglas also struggling, has Ron Darby worked out? You know, are they a playoff team and their corners are okay? Because at that point, you're not really going to change anything up. But maybe if he's on the active roster and he's practicing and he's doing all those things, then that's beneficial. I don't think it's beneficial for him to be out there or unless he wants to go above, I don't know, <laughs> any of the other, the, the if they want to throw McDougal off, and put him in there in an active roster spot. I would do it. Fine. I mean, but Easy. like, imagine. Okay, guess what, kid? This is your first game. It's in a wild card round against uh, the Giants. Good luck. <laughs> you know, I mean, like Jesus. Well, yeah. That's that's a, that's a lot of pressure to put on a guy who's just like. By the way, you're also going to start tonight. Well, or if, you're going to be in there. This if, is your first night. If he's not ready until the playoffs, that's one thing. But if it's if it's early right now at this point in the year where they can put him on the PUP, which means he can be back, what, week six? Week six, yeah. And so, active by eight or something like yeah, that? Yeah, active yeah. by eight or week ten for sure. Right. Uh, but, oh, ten you have to make the ruling about oh, right, whether it's right. IR. That's right, that's so, right. So when you've got a young guy like that and you can say, okay, maybe week ten or week twelve and at that point – you know, week twelve, you're a seven and five team, or you know, an eight and four team, and you're thinking, hey, we're probably going to the playoffs based on how the division looks and how many games we have left and all that. Then get him out there, even if it is just for a few plays to start, yeah. and then he's your fourth corner, and then if he's better than Mills, you move him up, or if the matchup's better, you put him up over Mills. Like to have that flexibility. Like, let's be real, when Sidney Jones is out there, if he's healthy and he's close to even just close to what he was as a prospect going into the draft prior to the injury, he's a stud, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, so. <laughs> but it, it, but even for stud young corners to come into this league in, in week 14 and just display their awesomeness, I think would be a tough challenge. But I get what you're saying. Like, I, yeah, let's say, hey, who knows? Maybe there there's no reason to play week 16 for the regulars, and that's when you can get them some time in there heading into the playoff roster season. I, I just don't see the point of it overall. I think that's a that's something you don't want to screw up because that has nothing to do with this year. That's everything 
for the next nine years and don't disrupt anything to, to for his health. And listen, if he's healthy and he's ready to go, you're right. I mean, there's no really reason to hold him back either. But at the same time, you you've already planned out of what's going to happen with this season. You've already made the trades for what's going to happen this season in your secondary, and you're waiting for that next year to get into it. There's short and long term things that I think they're doing. I still say no to Sydney and just just let him be awesome in uh, in 2018. That's all, right. all. Well, without Sydney Jones, the depth chart, as we've discussed, Jalen Mills, Ronald Darby, yeah, Patrick Robinson, you're going to have Rasul Douglas, uh, McDougal's going to be on there, and we differ on Smith or Grimes. Right, but that's pretty much it. Six cornerbacks, and, and that's pretty much where it's going to sit. Let's talk about offensive line. Yeah, I, I think that'd be – between that and defensive tackles, I think that'd be a good place to kind of – uh, just I think that's all we've we oh that's the last two things we got yeah go through and, anyway right? and we touched on the defensive line a little bit to start the show but again it's been a long show and thank you for joining us on Facebook and SoundCloud or whoever you're listening to us we appreciate it Vince Quinn with John Barchard and we're talking about the offensive line now so you know the starters are locked in Peters is your left tackle Samal is going to be right next to him Kelsey in the middle Brooks in the right and then Johnson at right tackle fine now you've got to figure out the depth and. When I look at this, you know, you want you you have to, so many things that you need to consider because you're not going to have like for a lot of these positions you're going to have more backups than there are starters for the position. Like there's the conversation of five running backs for one running back spot. Yeah. You're going to have, you know, eight defensive linemen and really like, you know, two defensive tackles, but guys that can play multiple positions. It's all about being able to properly cover Five spots with a few linemen, and that's the interesting challenge that the Eagles have. But the the nice thing is, is when I look at the depth chart and what this unit will likely be in just two days at this point, three days, whatever, two days. So what I'm looking at, I see the starting five, which looks solid. But then behind that, you've got Wisniewski, who can play guard, he can play center. I love that. Give me that any day. Uh, Big V is a guy that can play both sides of the offensive line. Next year he can play guards too when it, if necessary. And and yeah. so you've got four spots covered out of five. Done. Then you and you already have a backup center, so that's right. covered. Then you've got Gordon, who is your Lock. guy, yeah. who is yeah absolutely. Who actually didn't lo- look great tonight, by the way. Yeah, but but the, <clears throat> the value for him again is that flexibility. So he can right. be your left tackle if you need him. You can have him as a blocking tight end because he's done that before, and he's already been a fullback. In the preseason, so he's not going anywhere. <laughs> You're right. So I, yeah, and actually, the more and more we keep looking at this, it becomes really easy, especially at nine. Uh, if, if they're only keeping nine, then Josh Andrews gets the heave ho, and all the guys you mentioned in the back make it. And it's well, it's either Josh Andrews or Chance Warmack. And I still think that the favoritism of Stoutland and wanting to work with him and being his project. Yeah, although I wouldn't, I don't know. At this point, I was a, a little bit optimistic, but yeah, man, oh man, he's, he hasn't been great. So between that and your starting offensive uh, offensive line, that pretty much does it. So it's either Josh Andrews or it's uh, or you're holding on to Warmack there. I actually went with Warmack because of the favoritism there, and that's my nine. Yeah, you know? I, I wanted to do Warmack, and I I didn't. I just went with eight. Because of the flexibility, wow. I know I'm a little bold here, and and that's probably not going to Vince happen. Vince Quinn cuts all the fat. That's right, <laughs> all the fat guys. Um, oh no, so, I'm next. Oh God, help me, help. Yeah. So, like, I yeah, I look at this, and and one of the things for Andrews that is to his detriment when you're going to say Josh Andrews versus Chance Warmack is that his value is in part it's not just playing guards, but he plays center. 
Now, Samalu plays center, so you can kick him in if you need yep. to. And then you've got Wisniewski who can play center, and so you can kick him there if you need to. So you have the ability to move the line a bit if you've got injuries and whatever to already cover that position. So to have essentially four centers on the roster, if that's going to be the edge of keeping Andrews over Wormack, exactly. Way. You need a guy who is a natural guard, <laughs> right. and that guy is Wormack, and he does have that relationship, and they'll spin it as, you know, well, former first-round pick and all that, even though yeah, it doesn't yeah. mean anything right. at this point. But, yeah, it's the relationship. It's the fact that he's built for guard. If they do keep nine linemen, I think he is the guy, and it's the right choice. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's I think that's that's pretty much right there too. And I think in terms of you know defensive tackle, you're kind of looking to do the same thing there. I, there's some people that were even saying four. I don't know how you can get to four defensive tackles, even if it's even if you're really pinching pennies there. I still think it's you know the, the same two starters when you're going with Cox and Jernigan. Destiny Viejo has been taking all of Fletcher Cox snaps. Uh, when he hasn't been present at practice, I think Elijah Qualls, even though I don't think he's in favor with Chris Wilson yet, uh, I still think that's kind of the the rookie the rookie struggles as we're saying there. Chris Wilson was very, let's say, mouthy with him uh, throughout okay. throughout practices, but I think he's done enough and proven that you know he can really be a dominant force. And you have it between him and and Bo Allen. You know, that's pretty much it. I don't think anybody's anybody's pressing for, for anything there. Yeah, and if I had to guess, I would figure if, if it comes down to a competition between Qualls and Allen, I do think it would be Qualls because he was a guy that was a defensive tackle in college as well. So to have that flexibility of inside and outside, and yep. they're, they're so predicated on pass rushers at this point, and Allen has never been that guy. He was drafted in a different system, and he's a holdover. So if it comes down to those two, I would take Qualls, give me the upside, give me the guy that fits the system more, and that's probably how it plays out. Now, Absolutely. one last thing I, we need to talk about, because this, this has really pissed me off. i got to be honest. As an Eagles fan, this kills me. So, Does that have to do with Swoop? <laughs> no, I love <laughs> okay, Swoop. Good. Swoop is great. Swoop, okay. you do you, man. When it comes to the wide receiver position, something that we haven't talked about is this. Yep. I saw way too much of Mac Hollins today. Way oh, too yeah, much. way too much. Way too much. Absolutely. It's it's criminal that they're putting him out there, and I'm seeing him in like the third quarter of the fourth preseason game. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, when you talk about sitting the players that are going to make an impact on this team, why are you playing Hollins in this game, and why is Aguilar sitting? Why? Because well, okay, well, first of all, why Aguilar is going to have a bigger role in the offense to start out? Uh, well, with. he damn well better because I haven't seen anything <laughs> from him. Yeah, I haven't yeah, seen can anything. You, can in you preseason. can you imagine the reaction of Nelson Aguilar is playing in the fourth preseason game? Well, yeah. If I, <laughs> hey, look, if, if should <laughs> Hollins, a, gee, should, I told you his spot wasn't safe. Yeah, <laughs> hey, know? should should has Hollins outperformed Aguilar? Does he look like a better receiver than Aguilar? Ah, uh, come on, <laughs> Hollins I, is clearly better. I would he's say clearly better. I would I would say they're about even. Oh man! In, in terms of performance and practice and all that, they've been they've been relatively even. Man, okay, because that's the thing that kills now, if me. But if you're telling me like who would I rather have playing on the outside and feel more confident, Mac Hollins? Yeah, I would give Hollins the slot job right now. I think it's see I, uh, well today, or, or, I, I, yesterday, you're last gonna, week. You're going to see it. You're going to see it in in different different spots there. I think don't don't count that out yet because they'll have weird formations where they'll probably have you know running backs. Split out wide, and Matt Collins will be in the slot. That'll that'll definitely happen. Yeah, because I I need to see more of that, and that's that's what bothers me is I saw too much Hollins because I think he's been excellent in the preseason. Yeah. I I don't know, like I get it, he didn't have many stats in college, but man, you look at his tape. He's because he's injured. He's such a yeah, he's like <laughs> he's he's such a big, fluid, natural, good receiver. Like yeah. he's 
he's the total package. He's not a superstar, but he is a very quality player. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's clear. And so I see that, and I see all these these preseason reps. And here's the thing. Look, Aguilar can look as good as he wants in practice. We all know the issue is games. And when you're at this stage where there is real competition at the wide receiver spot, and this guy is fighting for a job, and you're allegedly going to lean on him a bit, let him produce in the preseason because he's not a guy that's earned the right to sit How out. How would that make you feel any more comfortable if Nelson Aguilar's catching balls in the fourth preseason Infinitely game? better. Oh, you got to be kidding yes, me, man. Infinitely. For you a guy be, like him? You would be saying, oh, well, it, at least Nelson Aguilar's catching against the Jets' fucking third stringers. Yes. That makes me feel better about, the, for the, about week one at Washington going up against freaking whoever knows. Well, you know, whether it is week one at Washington or the fourth quarter, you know, fourth preseason game against the Jets, <laughs> the fact is it's the same for Aguilar. He's always open, but he doesn't catch it. I need to see him catch in a game situation. He hasn't done that. He hasn't done it. <laughs> it wouldn't have made any difference oh it does zero difference you're, I guarantee you're telling you. me his confidence level wouldn't get any better from catching passes no. first quarter of a preseason game you're talking nothing of, you just said you need to see it in a real game and when he's open and he needs to catch the ball it doesn't matter if he does it here in practice or otherwise i'm not going to come in here and convince you that like nelson aguilar is the fucking guy but i'm going to tell you that he's had a really good practice and a really good preseason and we'll hope it transfers over into the regular season Going up against the what Jets four stringers against Miami, he caught two balls. That, that's my point. He <laughs> caught two. He caught two passes. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's it. What do you? Need? That's the whole preseason. Two passes Jesus. for twenty-four yards. Yeah. Give me something, man. Give me oh something man. I can actually look like, at Vince Quinn needing freaking. I'm fired up, man. Needing, needing Nelson Aguilar catches against the he Jets. He needs to be out there. Like he's he's got a confidence <laughs> he needs issue. To be out there. He's got a confidence yeah. issue. He's always. I mean, it's what is what is this going to do against the Jets? I can't even have this conversation. It's a game. The only thing I will agree on is when Matt Collins makes a sweet ass special teams play, and I go, "Oh wow, that was awesome!" And then look up and go, three minutes remaining in the third quarter," and I go, "Get him the fuck out of there! What are you doing?" I was like, "Nice play. Now save it for the rest of the season because they're going to need you." Yeah, Aguilar was not a guy that was immune to playing for me, and I I really wow. I just thought he should have been out there. Amazing. I really do. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Vince Quinn, John Bartrid next to me. It's been a lot of fun for everybody on Facebook Live. Yes. Hey, appreciate you guys. Uh, we've had a lot of people watching for about an hour now, and it's been That's a lot right. of fun, and I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you're just as angry as I was that Aguilar wasn't playing. <laughs> Unbelievable. Why was he playing? And for those that are listening me. on the replay, uh, if you could go and do us a huge favor uh, and uh, rate, subscribe, review, whether you're on iTunes or SoundCloud, you can give us lots of hearts and comments. Uh, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, all of those fun things. Podcatcher, wherever you are out there, the five-star reviews do go a very long way. So, uh we got to get ready for some real fucking football. So we made it. College football season is starting on Saturday. We're, uh, we'll be almost, uh, we're a little over a week away. Uh, we're going to do uh, so many uh, different things this season. I, I don't believe you guys know this yet, but uh, we're doing the pre-pregame show right here at WIP starting at 8 a.m. every Sunday. Oh, so yeah. we're going to get your fantasy football lineup set up. For like from eight to eight forty, we're gonna go over the NFL betting lines until nine, and then we're gonna do a live pre pregame show from uh, nine to ten, and then I get to see my old Glenn uh, friend Glenn Mack now, and uh, who else is doing it with us? Oh, Dan Klecko, uh, Dan Klecko, and we'll be doing all the Eagles away game uh, pre uh, pregame shows, so it'll be a lot of fun. Tune in for all that and uh, all the other daily episodes that we have coming up next week.
Yeah, daily episodes. We got some T-shirts that we're working on. We got some yeah. fun ideas for that. A lot of way. fun things happening. Game. Yeah, so we're working on all sorts of things. I'll give you an upon further review update soon as well. Oh, yeah, uh, because I know, one. and I've seen it in the comments here, and, and thank you guys for all the support for that because I I love doing the show and it, it's gotten a really good response. It's the best podcast ever. ever. It really is. There it is. So cereal uh, <laughs> can go fuck itself. So, there, uh, bang. Yes. Bam. So I, I know there hasn't been uh, an episode of Upon Further Review in a while. I will tell you why and what we're doing with it soon. But uh, for now, thanks again for listening. It's been a blast, and we will see you next time around.